Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I am joined by the creative team of Phenomena, the Golden City of Eyes, a new all-ages book out from Abrams Comics Arts. It'll be out September 13th in bookstores, wherever you get your comics. It is great. We're going to talk about that today. I'm joined by Brian Michael Bendis and Andre Lima Aruhu. We are, I am, incredibly excited to talk about this book. So Phenomena is the story of an unlikely duo. we got Bolden, an energetic young boy, and Spike, a robotic cipher with a mysterious past, journeying through this transformed, futuristic Earth, questing together against the odds, coming across all sorts of wild stuff along the way. It's one of my favorite books, 2022, and a high recommendation for you to check out. We'll have links and all that fun stuff in the show notes, but... What I want to do, of course, is talk with the creators of this work. Andre, I'm going to start with you. So I've been looking into the the yeah. creative process mm-hmm. that you both have shared of this book, and it definitely sounds different, right? It sounds a bit unlike, I think, what a lot of comics fans are used to. Were you surprised, by the way, it sounds like a very, mm-hmm. a, a very art first, right? A very art first, design first kind of process. Were you surprised by the way the story got shaped once oh, yeah, it got absolutely. Into I think that's one of the key as, as bits of the process that me and Ryan that keep like? surprising each other because we allow each other to pick the pieces that the other one is leaving behind. You know, we present like a bunch of stuff to each other, and then we, the other, works with it, and um, that's really the basic rule. And yeah, you were right in one aspect. It really started with a chat between me and Brian, and then. Like we are supposed to present each other our own ideas because I have a lot of pitches that have not been published. Brian, of course, has a lot as well. I sent him my stuff. He never sent me his stuff because he saw my drawings and he said, let's do all of this. <laughs> and then he like pitched me an idea with two lines in an email and then I started drawing. And, you know, basically we went with that. I presented him then a bunch of uh, characters and places and all that without even having much of a plot at all. And Brian picked all of that stuff up and he started writing. And I thought that the process that um, he allowed for this book to, to happen, because usually a writer with a, the status that Brian has usually comes with an idea and presents it to a, an artist and tries to, to move a story forward like that. And I thought that it was incredibly brave of him and very, I thought that, the, I think that the results were paid off because um, it allowed for like a really unique book and a really unique creative experience for both of us. Because then I sent all of this stuff to Brian, he wrote, uh, he started writing based on the stuff that I sent him and he would tell me, you know, character X from page that I had sent him is this one that appears on this page and then he would give them voices that I'd never imagined that they would have that would change the way that I would draw them you know in the page so like this back and forth mm-hmm. keeps going even right now we were working on volume two I have 20 something pages penciled already and it's like the process remains the same and it's uh, quite an adventure as the, the final product is our own experience as creators is quite an adventure because I never know what he's going to send me and he never knows what I'm going to Very cool. Very cool. Brian, do you feel like you need to add a new I think chapter? Just, he, he was gesturing just a second. Oh, we lost Brian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, so actually, let's follow up then, uh, Andre, mm -hmm. with the, uh, yeah. you said, you know, you're, yeah. you're seeing the voices come back in and it's a little bit different yeah. than you're anticipating. Yeah, the, How can you, can you think of any specific oh, examples like where like certain the, characters the, like have for shifted, example, for the main characters, you know, by the end of the book? Uh, we have three main characters, but the ones that Brian asked for were a boy and a creature. That was his description, which is Spike and Bolden, of course. And then I added the third one, Matilda. And like for yeah. Spike and and uh, the kid, and for any character really, Brian mm. had no description other than the one that I just told you. So I drew them as you see them in the book, and then I sent it to him. And the way that he wrote his speech, and the, the way that they talk to each other, you know, the first time that uh, Bolden and uh, Spike speak to each other is quite hilarious. And like that bit, it was all there from the beginning. And uh, that influenced greatly the way that I animated them. So I started drawing them exactly with the same design, but the pose that they were in, the way that they were walking or looking at each other, was very much uh, dictated by the way that Brian uh, wrote the speech for them. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, Brian, I, I was asking you um, a moment ago. Sorry, I got you. <laughs> no, I, it's funny. I, I moved my notes and I was like, oh, there's nobody there. <laughs> what happened? Um, I was going to ask you, do you, so this process is quite unique. Do you feel like there's a new chapter for words for pictures that needs to be added based on the phenomena process? Well, yeah, well, I am working on another uh, textbook that dives into the specifically the art of creation and how every single thing has its own kind of builds its own like organism around it. Like, you know, both how everyone communicates with each other, how it, every, every creation needs its own kind of, uh, uh, special love and tender care. Yeah. And, and what this, I, what I think phenomena represents to me uh, is a perfect example of how you just, you, you can't, just figure a way to do things and that everything fits into that thing. Some things would, but uh, uh, I, I have found not only in Phenomena, but with Pearl and the ones which I'm doing with Jacob, every one of them has their own energy, their own, um, you know, much like all your friends. You have friends that have different energy. Like, you know, there's some friends that are loud and crazy and there are friends that are just the most you know, relaxing, just being around them, keep, it calms you. The collaborations can be a lot like that too. Like every one of them kind of brings their own energy into your life and you celebrate them when, when, uh, when they're right in front of you and you do the best you can with them. So, but yeah, but for phenomena, I will say I, I use this reference and I know it, it dates me terribly, but when I was in college, uh, Frank Miller uh, introduced all of us to a illustrator named G.F. Darrow. Uh, with a book called Hardboiled. And I remember because obviously Frank is the most important person of everyone in my generation. Everything he did got like analyzed and, and looked into. Uh, and he talked at great length about how discovering G Joff's uh, world and how he did things and how he realized that uh, it was his job, unlike other projects that he'd been on, it was his job to kind of prompt Darrow into doing whatever the hell Darrow does, right? And so, the, mm. so it's not technically a script so much as is as drawing prompts. It's a series of drawing prompts that bring up bring about a plot. I know that sounds a weird thing to say, but I use that as as my well. They did that, and obviously there's there's a there's a, a vague connection between Darrow and Andre 
and how they produce work and the detail in which they bring to the world. So it, it, it occurred to me that that's my job here is to create a, a, a list of prompts and get the hell out of his way and then come back in and do whatever I can to just keep the ball rolling along in, in the best tempo it can be. And goddamn, if you ever see a page where I'm just like, blah, 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 <laughs> then I'm, I'm really doing everyone a disservice. And so, I, so it was really about servicing the story and the art as much as possible and using hard-boiled, which is completely opposite in theme to our book, as, as a template of <laughs> that's an interesting touch point definitely okay. well and, th and this book definitely reflects that i mean you can it's such a showcase for your art andre in in so many just awesome amazing ways um but then you know i think for for fans of you brian who are familiar with your work right i think a lot of fans are very familiar with this snappy back and forth dialogue and that's there and you get the fun dynamics between the characters but it doesn't read like pearl right it's not no. it's not yeah. that style at all um mm -hmm. you're clearly such a fan of Andre's work, which I found really delightful, both in reading and also just in interviews and such. What, one thing I'm curious with, a lot of Andre's work, like particularly like A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance coming out now with um, with yourself and Rick Remender, very violent, very gory stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and there's hope in there and there's beauty in there, um, but, you know, mostly kind of a lot of like action and violence and stuff. What was it about his work that said to you, I can find something uh, all ages and super hopeful? Well, um, that's interesting because that wasn't the goal. The goal wasn't to be all ages and super hopeful. The, the goal was to let's see what comes out. And whatever comes sure. out, we'll mark it. And God bless comics that it's open for everything from the darkest in hearts to the most whimsical, you know, all ages book. And that's obviously what, one of the things we love about comics. Mm -hmm. So I, I have learned um, through experience on every collaboration and even on the stuff you're doing work for hire is don't label it let's see what it is when we're done right and then and then then you start marketing and um uh and th that way genre expectation all that stuff mm -hmm. kind of gets pushed aside for you know hopefully some sort of original energy right like if you start the minute you start labeling things you you can really start you know, strangling them and, and particularly in those sure. early days of creation. And particularly when Andre's obviously everyone can see he's throwing all this fantastical imagery, but it's not fantasy. It's not sci-fi. It's something else. So, um, all right, let's not be so quick to label is what, what I did. But then what happened was we're about 25 pages in and the energy of it. I think I even had one draft where there was swearing. And then I was like, yeah, no, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not help, it's not, it's not edgy or whatever. So I, so we're yeah. looking at it. And then the other thing that happened, and this is a little bit of a privilege and uh, I hope everyone will forgive me, but um, like I, I didn't set out to become a YA author, but uh, over the course of the years with Miles and Naomi and Ironheart, I have a quite a few YA titles like on the bookshelf at Barnes and Noble, like in the YA section. Right. And I love that section so much and define my work included in it with Raina and Captain Underpants and all these amazing tentpole uh, things. I went, oh, hey, I'm, I'm a YA author. I thought I was a crime author, but I'm a YA author. Okay. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> yeah. um, and we have this thing here that, yeah, it could be labeled YA. And even the book I did with, um, uh, uh, Alex Maleev called Scarlet, which is a much darker piece, 
was labeled in the YA listing in the in the library uh, awards, and I was like, and that was the first time I'd seen it labeled as YA, and I went, oh, oh, yeah, that's right, I guess that is too. She's a teenager, mm. that's YA, that's right. Um, so I'm not thinking about the labels until it's time, and then here we were, and I'm looking at that bookshelf with Miles and Naomi and Riri on it, and I'm like, all right, let's let's see if Bolden and Spike go on the go on the shelf. Let's see if they uh, have a place. So we reached out to um, uh, our lit agent, uh, Janine, and I, sh I showed them what we were building and they sent it out and we immediately got offers from people and uh, uh, Abrams, the best fit by far, and certainly an amazing choice that we made. Now we have some perspective on it. And, uh, and yeah, so it, it, it sort of is a YA book and it is an all ages book. And, uh, uh, but, uh, also I love what I love about it. Um, it occurred to me halfway through that this would be a book that I could read with my kids, but also I could just enjoy comics with it. Just, just, just enjoy right. it as a, as a piece of comic art and both things at once is something I certainly would like to buy. So I'm thrilled that that's the way this was coming together. So as soon as that, I saw that as the two things that this is leaned into it heavy everywhere we could. Yeah. 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 No, it's awesome. No. And it, I, I think that's yeah, interesting no, that you point I, I that remember. out. Oh, go ahead, Andre. Go ahead. No, just to reinforce what Brian was saying, like this was a completely organic thing that happened. It, it became a YA book because I even remember Brian was saying it was not cursing. We were like halfway through the book and we had a character that was showing the finger. Okay. <laughs> and when Brian, it was Brian that saw it and he said, I don't feel this. And for me, you know, because I was drawing, I didn't notice it like he did because yeah. he saw all the pages and I'm just drawing a bit by bit. So I didn't see it. And then in the end, of course, I, I could see it like once once I had everything put together. Yeah, he was right. And I we uh, I redrew that bit. It was it is the only thing that has been redrawn in the book. Mm. And it was one. Of, yeah. yeah, it's the only bit. It's it's uh, because Brian was was right on picking the tone, but at that time we didn't, we were not sure about what we were doing. It was so, we never, we never said why to each other. We just started putting the cussing aside and those little things aside because we felt like this doesn't fit. And even on character designs, there were some of the characters on and places that I drew for the first volume before Ryan even wrote. We never used them because they were not, you know, they were a bit too dark or they a bit too to the science fiction bit, they didn't fit. So that's that's the the, the organic uh, transformation that the book had. That was really uh, uh, something a life of its own. It's one of my yeah. favorite parts of it, and it's uh, of the of the process where you're like you do feel like it's uh, you're just carrying a you're you're carrying a bunch of you know oh I'm carrying them I got all the bowls I'm carrying all the bowls at once and then you you do you do you do get to put them down safely. But the whole time you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I hope I can get get to the end of this metaphor. Messing it. it up anyway. So, uh, I, I uh, <laughs> but but it, okay. So it's weird for me too because like uh, I I live in a house that the F word built. Like Jessica Jones and the F word, like you know, made me. So for me to think hmm, maybe not, not not on this one was a was a switch of the switch of gears for me. Yeah. 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 No, that's interesting. Well, and there's and you find kind of fun ways to do the same thing right mm -hmm. like the use of knuck knots you know and like you find okay we're gonna have inventive uh curse words right but it doesn't quite have the same thing it doesn't mess with the tone yeah um it's interesting to hear you both describe you know that was never the plan because 
I do think reading this, you can kind of feel that in the sense that like, it doesn't feel like what the YA label might mean to a lot of folks. You know, there's a lot of nuance in it. There's a lot of complexity. I think just craft wise, mm -hmm. you know, just the way the story is told, like it's pretty, um, it's pretty hyperkinetic, but also like if you're a seven-year-old just reading your first book, like this would be a weird book to be like, Hey, it's like, you know, your first, like first learning thing. No, it's, but when you say all ages, it can mean, it can mean preteens, it can mean teenagers, it can mean I'm reading it with a, a teenager, right? Those sorts of things. But adults can definitely enjoy it too. You know, in that best case, like Pixar, you know, perfect world mm -hmm. of true all ages, like that it's shooting for that level. And I appreciate that about it. Well, I, I um, at, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please go. I was going to say, as you, as you settled on the voice for phenomena, how do you think your kids, you know, we we're kind of talking about being dads before this. How do you think your kids sort of shaped the experiences and the stories you wanted to tell here? Well, I mean, what a wonderful question. And, and I, and I will tell you, uh, I, I look, so I, I am of an age where I saw, you know, when I was first in mainstream comics, they were quite shunned in the mainstream. There was still that Ugh, comics. And I remember my daughter like brought one of my comics to school and the teacher was uh, not pleasant about it, and not the oh. mine because it, the, like and now and now here we are uh, years later, and not only are comics allowed in school, they're celebrated in school and being fought for to be kept in school, and so it's yeah. quite the shift. And then inside that shift is that YA section at the bookstore that we talked about, right? So here I am in in Portland where there's Powell's the biggest bookstore in the world I'll be appearing there next Tuesday and um there's this enormous YA section that did not exist 10 years ago it did not exist and it is amazing but inside that shelf there's a lot of copycat stuff there's a lot of people mm -hmm. doing Reina or doing Captain Underpants and I get it I, I understand all of the variants of the of the marketplace and how when once something's a hit there's 50 people trying to make that hit but there also is, you know, an audience that is reading this stuff that uh, is now has a base language of what comics is to them. And they're going to want other stuff. They're going to be looking around and there's going to be and the, yes, there will be, you know, Marvel and DC and Dark Horse and all kinds of image stuff for them to look at as well. But there's also going to be some people who aren't connected to that thread and they're but are looking at this. And then there's will be books like Phenomena and there's quite a few others Um that will hopefully, uh, you know, take them to the next stage in, in their reading and understanding and appreciation of the art form. So that was my feeling. Yeah. Is that is that there's a lot of stuff out there that's like that. So we should be other than. And also, when you see a lot of people doing the same thing, I, I tend to go the other way. I tend to go, okay, that's not, not to be like contrary, but that's being done. The, the, whoever wants mm. that, they got plenty of it. So there's no reason to do that unless I was dying to do, you know, my version of cat cat boy I, I just you know no this is this is what we want to do and it ends up it it if, if you know properly placed on the bookshelf it could really you know hopefully grab someone's attention yeah 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 it actually reminds me a little bit the experience reminds me a bit of like like bone you know and i, I wasn't there oh, as thank a kid. you thank um but just yeah no and it is like it's said with the highest praise because it is like i adore bone and you hear that from everyone who reads it <laughs> right of any age yeah it's like oh yeah bone it's so great um and then of course the other piece of it though is black and white right and, yeah. and which is feels actually like a fairly bold choice in all ages andre did did releasing in black and white make you nervous did you have any apprehension no. um or were you just always on were you always game no 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 i was not apprehensive and the didn't make me nervous for various reasons. Uh, one thing about Black and White, it was Brian's idea, which I really appreciated because I 
it didn't occur to me at the time to propose this to be black and white, but I did a book a few years ago uh, that I wrote called uh, Man Plus. I wanted it to be black and white, but they said at the time, uh, Mark, at the class, well, the book didn't sell anything anyway, so it might as well have been black and white at the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I wanted to do it black and white because I... Uh, my reading experience and my growing up experience with comics is very different from Brian, and they will talk well, because I grew up reading European, Japanese, and American books, all with same with enormous quantities of all of them. I have a bunch of stuff from from every market, you know, and from the Japanese market, as we all know, it's all stuff black and white. So for me, that's the language of comics, and those books yeah. are probably the ones that I respond to the most. As people familiar with my work will will tell, um, so black and white for me is as much language of comics as it is, it is color. You just need to utilize it slightly different. And Brian knew my stuff because all the pictures that I sent him were black and white, some with off tones, and he had seen my stuff. Our brief collaboration at DC before we started doing this, I sent him stuff with tones as well. So we saw all that and he proposed it to me, and I immediately said yes. I never thought twice about it and i think that it is a, a bit of a more visual experience it leaves a bit more for the reader to imagine so it it gives a bit more room for the story to to breathe like the hints are there if it's dark or if it's light in terms of brightness of the day if it's cloudy if it's not if there's strong shadows or not i leave all the hints there there is color on cover for you to to carry your imagination throughout the story. This is a colorful story, but there is no color in it. You know, it like it's that mm -hmm. kind of deal that we are making here. But I really enjoy the idea of doing it like that. And it's another um, another testament of how much we didn't think of this as a YA book. That because if you think mm -hmm. about YA book, of course you need to have color, right, for kids because that's the immediate. Like, like Ryan was saying, we start immediately tra strangling ourselves into these boxes that we think that it need to be, but it doesn't need to be anything like that. Kids nowadays, in America in particular, are, all of them are buying manga. They are all black. Yeah. Nobody buys manga in color because they don't exist, most likely. You know, so like we did all the artistic approach that we had to, to stay true to the story that we were making. And... Everything that we did, every design, every decision that we have made, I felt completely comfortable with them because they all felt like this is the right choice for this um, story. So I was very, very excited when Brian proposed it to me and I immediately said yes. And um, I think it is the, it's the, the right choice for this because it will stand out. It stands out. It, there's nothing like it because very few people do black and white and they were very even less of those that make black and white make black and white like i did here like we did with the the tones and the shadows all of that stuff so i hope i hope people enjoy it and also yeah. it's been it occurred to me that uh i was in um uh dragon con we sold a bunch in dragon con uh andre it was pretty cool and nice. uh, yeah, nice. it's very nice. And uh, um, uh, uh, this is still early goings for us with this book. So this is, it was very exciting. And uh, someone said, oh, I should buy two. I should buy one just to read and one to color. And I go, I'm good with that. I'm totally okay mm. with that idea. That's, um, that's great. I'd love to see that. Actually. Yeah, I know. I, I, honestly, I was mad I didn't think about myself. Damn, that's, that's a good idea. But the, Which, the real uh, yeah. for me, just to add to this, I came up in the 90s in comics where uh, – 
there was a lot of black and white independent comics and I was making, you know, black and white uh, crime graphic novels for the entirety of the decade. And for the entirety of the decade, I was uh, shunned and told uh, by people, uh, oh, is this not finished? Like a black and white was mm. looked at, at lesser than. And yes, it was it was cheaper to produce uh, uh, for for uh, on newsprint and everything like that. So that's a lot of the reasons why we were in black and white. But we were embracing the format. We were embracing the form of black and white totally. But it was always looked at as lesser than. And I never understood it. I like I I was it was fully completed to me. But people would always say that. So um, watching comics evolve to a place where that wasn't the way people saw things anymore, it did make me want to go back into a black and white book. Like, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, so that, that was, that was one of them, but also uh, really on an aesthetic level, I would see Andre's work in black and white, like you've just experienced. And it got me, it like, it really got under my skin. And I love his collaboration with Chris. I, I, I loved our collaboration. Chris is an amazing colorist who I will work with many, many times. But just in this instance, it's just every time I saw the work in black and white, it just really got under my skin, like on another level. And I'm like, I, that's gotta count for something. I, it's, it's gotta, it, there's gotta be other people going to feel this way about it. And, and, uh, and so I was so happy that our, our, our partners at Abrams agreed. And uh, like, you know, we had a conversation about it. Like, yeah, it's, it's sure. black and white. What do you think? Do you, and, and them understanding immediately why we were going for that. And for all the reasons Andre just described, uh, we went for it. But I will say, uh, regardless of that, this was one of the most meticulous publishing endeavors of my entire life. They, they, this, every single page of this book was gone over by our publisher and our editors for maximum uh, uh, exposure, like like just to see the image was perfectly uh, laid out on the page. So it was a lot mm. given into how this book was uh, published and printed. So, and I will say that was interesting the case in the nineties. Oh yeah, I mean th this book is it was quite an experience to to do like. Uh, Brian said, like, once we had it in Abram's hands, like, with Charlie and Andy, our designer, I had a bunch of meetings with her, even for preparation for Volume 2, mm -hmm. for example. Running some problems with printing the, 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 the gray tones, because they are not really gray. They are dots of black, you know, and the density mm -hmm. and the size of them, it's what makes different shades of gray. So for, the, for a printer to pick that, we had to go through the process and realize how how have how had I made it so that they could print it properly? So they had all of that care, and like Charlie, our editor, completely embraced the the book as it was. And it's really for us creators, it was very very um, very good to to have that feeling that our backs that they had our backs, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I've been really impressed by Abrams over the past yeah. uh, year plus or so. There's that. Uh, I don't know if you ever you have checked this out. There's Alex Ross's Fantastic Four Full Circle, which just uh, came out, and is they made they no, the books that come out. Charlie, are, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I, was, I was just going to say Charlie sent me a this week with, with their latest books, and I have um, the Fantastic Four book as well from Alex Ross, and I was. Just marveled by it because I always love Alex Ross, but I think this is my favorite stuff that he has ever done. To see stuff like that, and the you know the production of the books is, is just outstanding. So you'll notice on the back of the book is a quote by me on the Fantastic Four book. I read it last year. I read it way before everyone else mm. got a shot. So I've uh, not only been living with holy crap, Alex Ross's masterpiece is, is about to come out, but we're part yeah. of the lineup that that includes his masterpiece. 
yeah. I, I, I did. That's nice. I did call Andre last year. And go. Oh, we gotta. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta roll up our sleeves, man. This this lineup is intense. Yeah. This is. You know, <laughs> it, uh, but I, I will say it made the offer to come to Abrams all that much more of an honor when I saw the other books that they were producing. I was uh, honestly, as a fan of the more classic stuff they're doing, and. Uh, look at what they think comics should be. I was very, very honored that they included included us. Yeah, yeah, it's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. Yeah. I, Andre, I do want to ask you as well. So, like, you know, Is you've Andre got frozen to you, Andre. Are you frozen to me? Can you? No, still... you're moving on. You're moving on my end. I... Still, I still got you. It's so weird. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. You move and freeze from time to time. Like your frame rate is not. But I can hear you fine, so that's sure. That's it's good. just a Wi-Fi fluctuations. Yeah, it'll it'll all be all right on or the back age. end. It'll it'll age. come through. Okay. So. <laughs> just just general pace, yeah. <laughs> Andre, um, so you got a righteous yeah. thirst for vengeance this year. We got phenomena. Mm -hmm. These both these yeah. books really blew me away. Um, I've been I've been loving Thanks. both of them in their very different ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. It feels like you've really leveled up on these books. Do you feel that way? Like, do you feel like you've hit a new stride in your career? I can answer for um, you. Yes, you absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can. I can. I don't have any problem with that. I, I, I do feel that. But there's one thing, like, um, I do feel that in a way, but maybe not in the same way that you do, because, like, the stuff that Brian saw from my pitch, I think it's already on this kind of level, kind of, because some of the stuff is a bit older, but it's, it's already... I don't mean the quality of it per se, but I mean more like my expression as a, a creator. There's a lot of science fiction stuff, there's historical stuff. So there's, I have varied interests in, in comics and I am as much interested and I am, and I am as much into phenomena, which is like right now we know a YA book, as I am into the very violent world of righteous thirst or vengeance, you know, like I didn't feel like I had to shift anything inside of me to I did those books back to back. I did Phenomena, then I did Righteous Thirst, and now I'm back into Phenomena. Mm. And like, so for me, this is my most natural expression, what you're seeing, which is created on books. So I feel like I've been trying to do this for a long time. I had all these pitches, you know, piled up, and I was trying to, and like in my career, this has always happened since the beginning, which is like, I try, I try, I try, and then all of a sudden, I have five opportunities all at once, mm -hmm. and I need to pick. Like, when I started working with Brian, uh, like a couple of months later, something that I was, was trying to make happen for like two years just happened, which was one publisher, uh, one of the big uh, independent publishers said to me, of, of Creator and Comics said to me, we want a book of yours, send us a pitch, like whatever you want, we will publish it. And I had to postpone it, obviously, because uh, I was working with the, with Brian already doing phenomenal. Uh, and with Rick, which was great. Like me and Rick, we had been back and forth for the last, I don't know, three or four years trying to find a hole in a schedule. And uh, we finally did find it. But like on, so on the technical side of things, I think that when a creator does create their own books or when a writer, you know, writes more when an artist draws them, I think that your artistic ability is really pushed to the max then because you will be drawing and designing everything. So not only I was waiting for this opportunity, but the, the fact that I was drawing creator books for the past three years by now has really shaped up my abilities. And now I've noticed, particularly on volume two of Phenomena, I felt this throughout volume one. And then with Righteous 13, volume two of Phenomena that I'm drawing right now, that I draw much faster than I used to. Hmm. 
and then I need to draw to erase much less, for example. And I think all of that comes from really have to be on my be on my max level every day for every page because all of this needs to come from me. I have nowhere to rely on, you know, from designs. There is no, there are no preview designs. There is nothing. It's creation completely from zero, with Brian of course and with Rick of course. But you know, on, from a visual point, like both of them completely trusted me with everything that I've done. And I, for me, that meant the world because as a creator, you are working with two of the best writers, two of the best selling, best creating, you know, their stuff is just marvelous. And to have their complete trust, they're treating me like uh, an equal from the get go, like no questions, there's nothing there. Our relation is, is, is perfect as creators was like um, a great feeling for me because I am doing what I wanted to do the most, which is create their own stuff. And I always had the ambition to do with the best writers. And I have I have a list. Brian and Rick are now, you know, I can, <laughs> I, can, I can put the, the thing over their name. I hope to work with both of them for many years. But, you mm-hmm. know, and there is the stuff that I'm mentally alone whenever I have the, the chance, but I'm very happy and yeah like you said i feel like uh, i am where i wanted to be yeah and it's perfect because this year it's my 10th year as a as a professional so um, like i'm pretty happy that in for the last three already i've been doing exactly what i wanted to do that's pretty great man. yeah yeah that's an awesome feeling i yeah. bet very very cool yeah, all thanks. right i got a question for yeah. i got a question for brian now um it, one thing i noticed definitely going so i've been going through the catalog and words with pictures, you know, and kind of anticipation for this or words for pictures. And you talk a lot throughout your career about, you know, finding truth in writing. And, and it's a theme that comes up a ton um, in in phenomena as well, very much as, as yep. storytelling is sort of a, a form of currency, very literally in phenomena. Um, and there's, you know, the, sort of this conversation that's going. And I don't think there's like a definitive answer, but it's sort of the true stories versus fantasies we tell ourselves, right? And it's an ongoing thing, right? The series isn't done. We're, on, we're only on book one. The concept of truth, against all odds, has come against has come under fire in recent years. Right, this idea of alternate truths, the realization I think for a lot of us that truths do not match the way we thought they did. Mm-hmm. How have you find yourself as you've been processing writing honestly and writing truth? How has that shifted, like going into phenomena and kind of the way that you you talk about it? Um, I don't know if it's so much shifted as it evolves. Like I keep, I, I keep using truth as an overall theme, the way like great power and great responsibility was the theme handed to us at Marvel. Like, and you can literally look yeah. at it from every possible angle and come up with different stories and, and, and perspectives on it. And since I've been on this truth kick, um, uh, and, and I will say it was unrelated to the world and its relationship to truth or social media's relationship to truth, but you can't help but look at that cracked funhouse mirror and, and, and acknowledge that, you know, truth is constantly under immediate uh, 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 duress, you know, or, or it's constantly being challenged. And it always has been, by the way, this is not a, yeah, this is not a social media uh, a, a thing. This has always been the way this is what citizen Kane was about. Is that someone's always been in charge of who, who's who's telling the stories, and uh, I, I'm, I I got it into my head about how you know we live in a very uh, capitalist society, and I'm not anti-capitalist. We are selling this book for money, but I uh, I, I do it, it, I I was 
raised as a young man and I got to see when that when greed became good in the eighties and kind of like kept a, its stranglehold on us for a while. Like there's a part of our society that still looks at people like a wolf of wall street and goes, I want to be that like, like other people want to be Superman. And, and so I, 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 that that's kind of tilted things, but the reality is that our value is our story. It is who we are, what we've done. That's what your value is as a human. And yes, you can all day long pretend it's how much stuff you've accumulated or what your net worth is, but it really isn't. It really is what you've done and what you and what and and what what, what the deal is with you. And and so I thought wouldn't it be interesting if that was the primary focus of how people related to each other in a society? But like like tell me your story, and then and and we get to experience and each other and also it is the one thing it is a direct um reaction to is when i see people not listening to each other uh, and not taking in each other's perspectives and story not hearing each other's pain when it's so obvious it's right there and you won't look at it It, um that that kind of stuff i i wanted to like if we're creating this new world let's create a world where we listen really listen to each other and how wonderful that would be and we really like really appreciate each other's energy, and and and, and if we don't, we know why because we're really we're really talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry for that mm-hmm. long answer. Okay. It's it, it's it's uh, and just still have fun with it. It's, there's nothing here that's preachy. I'm not interested in it, but it, it it does. I just wanted to see what the world would be like if if yeah, your your value is your story, which your story is what you've done. Yeah, no, it's a great concept. I mean, it's in, it's integrated very seamlessly too. Yeah, I mean, it's Thanks. not. That's that's one thing I love about this work, especially. And you know, we talked about the all ages nature of it, but like, it is so not handholdy. <laughs> I mean, there is there is so little exposition. It is not dragging yeah. us along. It is here's the world. We're all going to figure it out together, yeah. right? And yes. and I think I think you know that's one thing that there's an assumption with something that is called all ages that like, Oh, it's gotta, it must have to explain these things to kids. Kids are smart. They figure stuff out. Right? I see it and all the time. I, you asked yeah. me about the earlier question you asked about how my kids informed this. And absolutely. That's absolutely. They, they pick it up right away. You, the, this, this, uh, in a world you, like the, that, you know, yeah. I guess I, I grew up with way too many movies where they tacked on the, uh, the, uh, the, the not good Star Wars scroll to to try to get yeah you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know? yeah so yeah so yeah definitely definitely yeah. no it's it's awesome that it doesn't have to do that um, and pulls you in I, let's the book one is out it's going to be out right now we're going to have links in the show notes it sounds like both of you are already way into book two it's a, of it's what it's I think promises it's the best feeling sorry. No, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you're way ahead because you because you got ahead of time on this. Um, what can you tease out without spoiling anything about what's to come in book two and kind of where it's going? Well, um, the, the, you, you'll see right away in the first book that the, this book allows us to be kind of a road picture. It's you know, they're 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 walking around. They're they're exploring. It's an explorer's book, right? So uh, we we explore one area of this world. And with every page, I think you get little clues of hints of things that, you know, oh shit, this this is Earth, this is our world. Like like right away, like like you get little hints and pieces, and you got to find out what area it is. And then in the second volume, we're, they're going to a different place, they're going to a different part of the world. So, and every part of the world has a different feel to it. Uh, the phenomena that took hold changed everything, but every part is different. So we're going to go to a, a place. Uh, a little London, England-ish, 
we're headed and we'll see what's happened to, to, to that to that to that place but it has allowed us to open up a series of brand new inventions I will say we're very very inspired by the original Star Wars trilogy in that uh, Empire Strikes Back went dark uh, it's a little bit darker and and there's a fallout from the from the uh, actions of the first movie uh, that everything gets a little more mature a little bit more involved and uh, I, I was always a big fan of that they didn't repeat any of the locations or themes of the first Star Wars in the second the second one. It was all new designs and all new places. So that was we're going to Empire Strikes Back the hell out of the second volume and uh, and take uh, all the characters to a new place and new threats. And uh, particularly, I, I already surprised uh, Andre with what happens with Bolden. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay. And by the way, I, we just, um, Brian sent me the, um, because we had a foundation from volume one, he sent me the script for volume two for the first chunk of, 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 of the script. And like the first thing that I did was spending um, a week, I think, designing new characters, new, new places, all that stuff, and even stuff that came to my mind. And I sent all that stuff to Brian so he could riff off of it to 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 keep writing while I'm drawing the first, uh, and I can tell you, Ryan, I finished it penciling the first 26 pages. So I'm gonna start thinking tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, that's cool. I, and and for the second volume, I I was it was a very important to me to try to keep a semblance of what made the first yeah. volume uh, the the collaboration balance uh, so unique that you d- described early in this in this podcast. To keep that going for the second one that I've seen uh, behind the scenes sometimes where some special magic made the first thing. And then when it's time to do the second thing, everyone just gets tightens up and and, 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 and doesn't bring the magic to the second thing. So in this one, I said well, back and forth that uh, we're going to we're going to do exactly how we did the first time with the second time, knowing full well what we're doing and how far we can take it. So yeah. with confidence, we go into. Yeah, we didn't well. mechanize the process, you know, to, to get. We just yeah. like Brian sent me the script, and the, the, this, there were again no descriptions. He had names for characters and for groups of characters and for places, but there was no description whatsoever in them. So I'm just drawing whatever I want again, and he writes whatever he wants. Yeah, so that's that's how we do it. So yeah. far, so good. Yeah, yeah. it's working. <laughs> it's working out. So no, this, who, is, this was really a delightful read. I, I enjoyed thank the heck out much. of it, and I was I was excited. I'm excited for book two. Definitely, well, like I'm, for, I'm for looking people, forward. For people who don't know, this was uh, this is this volume that we're talking about today is the first of three volumes that uh, Abrams is going to be putting out over the next few years. So this is a, a series of graphic novels. So if you like the first one, there's more coming. Yeah, and and, and it absolutely. does. And by the end of the three volumes, you will find out what the phenomena was and and everything. All the all answers will be given. Yeah, the first one the first volume is on okay. sale exactly one week from now, so next Tuesday, on September 13th. Yeah, we'll put this. Yeah. This should go up uh, the mm-hmm. day oh, nice. of release. This should oh. go up the day of release. Hey, so we'll... it's going. It's out today, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. You got to get used to the time travel. Um, all right, a couple final questions for both of you. Sure. Uh, Brian, you famously co-created Miles Morales, of course, star of Into the Spider Verse and so many Marvel comics. Did you know that Andre co-created Miles Morhamis? The Ultimate Universe Spider-Ham. Were you aware of this connection? I had forgotten that. 
But I, I, oh, it's so sad that this is how our collaboration ends. Oh, we're doing so well. What you know? Bummer. You know, sorry, sorry yeah, to put an end to it here. About is the money that I received from Miles Morehams is slightly less than Brian has been receiving from Miles Morales. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> because I got zero. I'm a... Ah, there's still time. There's still time into the Spider Verse yeah. two. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading. Uh, I was going. It's a very the, good uh, one. No one brought that up. I actually don't think I put uh, that. I had, I had that's, that's, pretty, yeah. very, that's very funny. Amazing, amazing. Glad I could bring that connection. Now that's all we're um, going to be talking right. about for the next yeah, three yeah. years. <laughs> there you go. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, no. It's uh, it's it's something to behold. Um, <laughs> what else do you both have coming up that you want to plug? What other comics are coming out you want to make sure people check out? Uh, Andre, let's throw oh, to yeah. you first, please. As an artist, obviously, I have less stuff coming on. Brian has like 100 books, so I get, I'll get out of the way soon, fast. You know, I have uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. So obviously, you have uh, Volume One already out there. I did that with Rick Remander. It's still coming out. So. Like next week is a big week for me because we got uh, September 13 Phenomena, Volume 1, 14, the finale of uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, Issue 11. So it's the last one. And like a couple of months later, we'll get Volume 2, also collecting the last uh, six issues. So five issues on Volume 1, six issues on Volume 2. And it's like uh, if you get Phenomena and uh, Righteous Thirst, you'll get a good, a good chunk of what... I like to do and the way that I like to do comics. So uh, absolutely check both books out, please. Cool, cool, cool. I, I highly recommend that experience as well. I had it early on with the Righteous and Experience Phenomena. And I was like, oh my God, it's the same guy. This is amazing. So <laughs> I, I really, really, Thanks, if man. you're a fan of Andre, it, this, is a, this is a very exciting experience to have both things together. Thank you. So. All right, and for me, I have um, uh, uh, Jinx World is our publishing uh, imprint and is at Dark Horse Comics where we're putting out uh, all kinds of new stuff, including right now uh, our Yakuza comic Pearl uh, with Michael Gatiss is on the stands uh, and also uh, Joy Operations with Stephen Byrne. Uh, also coming soon in November, it's on the cover of previews right now, is The Ones with Jacob Edgar. It's a brand new uh, comedy that I hope everyone uh, takes a look at. I'm really excited about. Also, A Dark Horse is the home of all of our uh, uh, older stuff like Powers and Scarlet. And oh my God, the brand new printing of Torso. Look at that beautiful. Torso. Matching with the brand new printing of Goldfish. Just beautiful. The beautiful job they've done on these uh, brand new editions of our classic stuff. So if you want to see the, the books that uh, got me to Miles and got us the phenomena check them out awesome i just uh i got a copy of torso from my library <laughs> and brian i turned to like the middle sequence and the the pages just started falling out of the book like the binding was so <laughs> it was so worn yeah. that i then had to puzzle everything together i was like reconstructing torso for you so i'm, I'm, I'm glad there's to, a new volume i'm glad there's a new volume too i'm going to take that as a huge compliment that someone got that aggressive with the War, yeah, yeah, well, well read. No, well it read is. It's my favorite. Person. It's like someone did this at Dragon Con. You know, people come up with their perfectly slab comics, and I'm happy to sign them. But then someone comes up to you with a book that looks like they wiped their ass with it. It looks like, like it just looks like it, <laughs> through some, it escaped some kind of horrible situation. And I, it is the most flattering thing when someone comes up to a book that we've clearly read like a bunch of times. Right? It's yeah. the best feeling in the world. So I, I. I I, I tend to focus on that and not the one part of the production I can't help, which is the glue. 
you can't be in charge of the glue. But there's a brand new sure. version of Torso out right now, and I'm very happy that it's out there. So thank you. Awesome. awesome. Also, also well, Brian, um, Andre. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to throw out, I have a Substack. It's a newsletter that you can, we're going to have a behind the scenes on everything that we're talking about today. Uh, and if you want to subscribe, that's where you get the best, like, you know, conversation with us about, you know, how, what we're doing and how we're doing it. It's, uh, it's the best version of the social media that we have right now. Thank you. Good, good, good. All, All right. right, Brian, Andre, thanks Thank so much for your much. time this afternoon. Thank I very much appreciate you coming on. Again, we're going to have links to everything in the show notes. And of course, as always, you can always just check out the Best Comics 2022 list on CBH oh, for a bunch of what we talked about here today because it's going to be there all year. Oh, this is regularly updated as I read new good things. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm loving it. So, yeah, thanks to both of you. All right.